0: Welcome to the 2020 Mastery Mission, The Stories. In this part two recording, we welcome back our guests to share war stories and bake in the concepts covered in their mastery session. Concepts are great, but everyone loves a story, exclusive to Hunters and Unicorns. The 2020 Mastery Mission is sponsored by SOAP, the global recruitment partner for the Playbook community.
1: Welcome to Hunters and Unicorns, the 2020 Mastery Mission for this bonus recording with Bernd. Bernd, in your initial session with us, you spoke about how you go about identifying whether a first person on the ground is in fact for you and some of the challenges and some of the realities of that. But in this session, we've asked you to talk about your personal experiences of choosing Lacework in particular and, and also, you know, that whole process and, and really just take us on that journey.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've been fortunate to talk to quite a few companies and, and try to qualify opportunities for myself and, and for the companies from from both sides. Um, so the way that I looked at Lacework initially, um, I obviously had worked with, with some of the people at the company um, in previous engagements. So um, through that, I knew the company and kind of knew what they were doing, but not in a way where I would constantly get updates or anything like it. So I was pretty far from it, but just looked from a distance. Like this looks interesting, looks like an interesting company overall, but never planned to, to do anything um, towards going there. So um, had basically conversations with with the investors um, a while back before I actually chose, chose the opportunity or the opportunity chose me, whichever way you want to talk about it. and try to understand it from that perspective. At that time, I wasn't ready to to, to make any changes, but I did know that probably some kind of funding round would come up, which then obviously did, I never thought it would be in in the realms of those 525 million that happened um, at the time that I was joining. And then another funding round of of the 1.3 billion, which which is crazy in any positive way. Um, But at that point, like this obviously validated um, a few things for me in terms of being able to execute. And when I then thought about this opportunity, the one thing that really, really pulled me and that I found interesting was. I could build from the beginning and I knew about myself by that time that I enjoy building and it has to be something that I find topically interesting. It has to be something that has the potential in region to be large, massive in a, in a quick way. Not because I have to have such a big team and this and that, but because I knew consciously that I would I would love to build a market that I really understand meaning germany austria switzerland eastern europe like those regions that i've been in before not necessarily at this point in in my career uh, a holy EMEA role building uk or any any market that i just haven't been in so i wanted to qualify what the possibilities are to grow that grow that market in a certain amount of time meaning what headcount are we allocating what's w- what what are we focusing on in what time frame also what's the hiring plan in terms of the productivity roadmap understanding How many people um, can and do I have to hire next month? And when do they have to start? And does the company understand um, how long it takes to hire certain people in certain regions and just have upfront conversations about that. But really it came down to um, also the people, Um, making sure that the people I would be working with initially in Europe are people that, that I can build trust with and that I can learn from. Like egoistically, I wanted to make sure that I get into a setup where I develop and get better at what I I think I need to get better at and what I don't know that I need to get better at, but will will identify through the process. And that's become very, very, very clear in the interview process with the people that I interacted with. I probably in the end made my decision in about a week or two um, between re-engaging with the company after I had few investors conversations beforehand a, a longer time ago and the actual clicking through or signing the offer that let, offer letter in that time frame i had multiple discussions every day so just making sure that i condense the amount of information that i can get in a very short time frame from different people in the business that that i could speak to and also from from some people that I've worked with in the past, so I could get just really different perspective from a technical side, but also from, from a business side. And um, another thing that, that I believe we talked about earlier is making sure that you do your homework and you leverage people in your network and get other opinions. And um, I think a while back I heard, I heard Carlos talk about who he talked about before he joined Mongo at the time. And for me, like it was key to actually go to some CISOs that I used to work with in the past. Thankfully at at Cyber Reason, I sold to a similar, I sold to similar personas in some companies. So through that, I was able to talk to former champions of ours and have a very straightforward conversation to try to understand what their perspective is on the company and on the space specifically, the different use cases, how lace work sees the world and whether that's relevant to them, and if not, um, how it can become relevant, and whether this is a an opportunity where you're gonna go around and explain to people that the cow is pink, while they look at the cow from the other side, and it's green actually the whole time, and you're gonna have to say, no, it's pink, I'm telling you. And this takes 12 months until they actually Jump above the other side of the cow and look at it, and realize, yeah, you, you're right. Or I can see it the way that you see it from your perspe- perspective, because that again is going to make champion building and closing those first logos so much harder. And then the whole thing doesn't work if you if you don't find first customers.
3: That's incredible. And I think, obviously, one of the big things that you did cover, you know, one of the first points that you covered in the in the last session was was obviously choosing a subject that you enjoy, right? obviously cyberism, cyber security, you're now still in that cyber security market. Is this a subject that's interesting to you and what is it that was so interesting about lace work?
2: Yeah, um, good question. So initially, um, way back, I always thought like, I, I, I don't ever wanna sell security solutions because I'm gonna have to um, scare people and tell them what wrong things could happen and this and that and then kind of sell them a, a plaster, which I don't really enjoy. That's not a process of, of selling that I like to scare people, scare people and then say, hey, and I have something for you, I can help you. I realized then, um, when qualifying uh, Cyber Reason as an opportunity, that that's not really how you sell this and that you do it a whole lot differently and that actually aligns with, with my value system. And intellectually, I find cybersecurity a topic that interests me, like you learn stuff about how companies, nation states are hacked and what actually happens there. and For me, initially, this was like a a whole new thing I didn't know all that much about, but I could get interested in. And um, you you just learn things that you never had exposure to that's pretty tied to everyday life. Everything really is hackable from your phone to your laptop to, I don't know, street cameras to everything. And if you're good as an attacker, you can do a lot of things that you and me just wouldn't know, uh, specifically not when you haven't looked into the topic then if you zone out though it's great that i find it interesting but when when you think about what's really driving the economy right now and where are people spending money two mega trends right now are cloud and cyber security and what lacework does really well it plays into both of those mega trends and does this with the product that really works and drives value really, really quickly. So when a new CISO comes aboard or or a new CTO, somebody responsible for cybersecurity in the organization, and he joins a company, there's 20 things they could be doing. Like if you look at the cybersecurity market, it's so, so dispersed, there's so many different companies that do certain things fairly well, but oftentimes it comes down to, so what can I do that has a really quick impact between when I start this project and when there's results, my board understand that have to pay for it at some point and have to allocate certain amounts of budget to solutions that will be bought and needing to make sure that the person making that decision and asking for that money doesn't act or feel like they just want another toy to play with for the team but it actually drives business value so back to my point um, I think that cyber is a topic that's obviously by now in the news every day. There's a lot of pain and urgency in the market. It's not really solved in a way where you can just throw more people at the problem to get stuff done. And with cloud coming into it, it's even more so. Things change every day, up, down, left, right. It's great in terms of innovation and getting things done, but you have to somehow secure that as well. And that just is an immense challenge that basically Placework has a great solution to. So um, that was the reason really for, for staying in that space or evolving from really an endpoint security space, which at the time was exactly the thing that I wanted to be in. The EDR space was was a great place to be. By now, basically, uh, moving on to, to the cloud is exactly where you'd want to be uh, in terms of the things that happen in the market and the levers that you can pull.
3: Amazing. At what point, you know, within within having started at Lacework was the validation point for you that you had made the right decision and what was it that really kind of validated that decision for you?
2: Probably the first customers that we won. Um, so started initially and, um, took some time to, to, to understand what we do properly. Like I said before, make sure you, you, you understand the details. And, um, I I started recruiting immediately. So I needed to make sure that basically I I find champions and potential candidates that, that want to build with us and buy into what we're trying to do here, which is built from nothing, which is not that easy to do, but then in terms of validation. The first few um, customers that commit to you the first few partners that want to work with you and then being able to build bigger deals to actually realize that the impact of what you've sold a customer drives tangible value in that customer setup staying close there and understanding what they do with it and then through our customer success teams um, making sure that they actually map back to the value that we initially decided we would drive in terms of a business case and all of that, and then come back to that a little bit later in the customer interaction through having actually generated certain values. So let's say the customer success team is engaged. Once they've taken over from the sales team, they speak to the customer and talk to them about the one, two things they would like to achieve in a certain timeframe based on what's been discussed in the pre-sales phase. And then we actually go and execute on them and then come back to those results. For me, when you actually see this, stories just get so much better because it's your own reality and it's not something that you've learned from customers in California that I'm very thankful for and that are great, but it's just a little bit different when you tell a German how how a Californian company has done something versus when it actually happened in region. So I think that was the, the tipping point and right now, I truly, I get up in the morning and Every day is enjoyable. It, it's hard work, but every day is very, very enjoyable. And I had a conversation with, with a candidate a few days ago and he, he basically framed it in at a former company it felt like he was a football player that he could just do what he loves all day long and he didn't even realize how great the product was because it just it was flowing and it was just so much fun. And I feel that way right now with the team that we, we have in region and globally and it's just a great place to be um, tr- truly and honestly.
1: So, so, but you talk a lot in your in reference in your previous session, you spoke about the importance of having a plan, and once you're in, the plan perhaps needs to change. So, how did the how did the plan change from what you thought it was going to be, and why was it important for you to make those
2: changes once you, you you actually landed under the desk? Yeah, I think one thing that that iterated, like there are so many things to do at once, um recruiting and recruiting quite quite a big team in a short amount of time as as you know takes time and focus and during that making sure that um that you actually sell the first customers like that prioritization of where you spend how much time probably needed the most adjustment to make sure that there's clear processes in place in terms of how do we run the recruiting uh, recruiting piece and by that i mean how does every day look like not that i would make big plans and write exactly what i do in every hour but for example a sync call with uh, the recruiter every morning for 30 minutes to make sure that you have this topic covered, you know what you need to get done. And then you can use parts of the day, obviously, to do some proactive recruiting and then go into actually finding champions and partners and and end customers. And then when people join your team, making sure they ramp, making sure they they understand what they need to do and getting them productive so you have more time to spend on further building out the team. Um, That probably needed Time adjustment in terms of what I thought beforehand, just in terms of the amount of roles that, that we wanted to fill in a short amount of time. Mm.
1: Yeah. So I, I suppose, again, just going through the mindset part of that, because obviously we spoke a bit about the, the needing to adapt. So, so just talk to us about, you know, what you were experiencing in that and, and, and how you were able to tune your mindset to be able to deal with that kind of the, the change.
2: think it's really around getting one thing done at a time while having 15 balls up in the air and enjoying that and knowing that you enjoy that. Like I've always been a way that if I was the global account director for one big account, I don't think I would thrive in that role. Not that it's any better or worse. It's just a very different setup typically that you're in. And um, so I, I like having different things happening in parallel and being able to pivot from certain topics to one another. But I think it, it it requires constant refocusing on what's really important on that day to drive certain results that people expect from you and adjusting constantly. And I think that's the mindset that you need to get used to. And um, you either are like that already. And, and I'd say I had a basis of it, but through through experiencing certain real situations you can talk a lot about how you think you are and how you're wired but when you're in pressure situations then you feel how it really is and how you're going to adjust to it and for me obviously we we, we had a little bit of change here and there with people we're growing massively from 200 to a thousand people in a year that's just drastic in a positive way it felt like dog years but with that just Things change every day, and I think it matters to focus on the one, two things that need to get done in that day to drive the business forward in whatever area has that focus. And then every week's going to be very, very different from one another.
3: And do, do you order any of those things that have got to be done in any particular order? Obviously, we've spoken to, you know, talked about the three R's, recruitment, retention, revenue as, as, as top three lines. You know, is there a, a thing that you focus on when you're prioritizing those tasks?
2: Well, in this specific situation, again, we're tasked to hire quite fast and a lot. So that definitely took focus and time because we, we, we couldn't scale in the way that we're trying to do this um, if we don't have the people and if we don't have them in time for the productivity model to work out. Because in the end, like it's, it's, a, it's a model that has to work out that ties to the numbers that we want to get to. And that certainly had priority. With that, initially, like I said before... I needed to understand the solution and make sure that I have something to talk about because otherwise everything else doesn't work. I cannot recruit anybody if I don't understand what we're selling and why it's relevant to customers. Like, they're not going to buy it. If they do, they're probably not the right people because they don't ask deep enough questions and don't challenge me enough to really find out whether I know my stuff, whether they can like, they can learn through the interaction and whether they can qualify, whether this really sells, whether it actually works. If I don't know, how it sells or how the value is driven in, in customers environments then why should people care or even join us for the mission that we're trying to do and so that was really important in the beginning same thing for for customer partner engagements if you don't know what can potentially drive value in those customer situations what use cases what are the competitors what do the competitors do well why are you better than them all of those things not necessarily in a level of depth of a technical person from one to 10 and you go down to level nine, but make sure you understand the first three, four levels really well without having to have technical people in every conversation because that just doesn't scale. Maybe you have one technical person in the beginning and I was lucky to actually have a technical expert with me when I joined already. He was already here and he came from a competitor and really taught me everything. So I was extremely thankful to have somebody in my region that really got it. Um, and that definitely helped me helped me scale. But if that's not there, go and find that information and get really good at that before you do everything external at a scale where you realize it's not working. I'm not hiring because people are not buying from me. I'm not selling because the me- message that I'm trying to send doesn't have any any value or depth.
1: When people join your team, what is the thing that they most need to adjust to? You know, what I suppose is the biggest adjustment that they need to understand when they're part of this this team?
2: That's a great question. And people tell me this, whether I ask them or not, after a while they they come and reflect on it and, and give that feedback. And the thing that's constantly mentioned is the speed. Things, things are happening in a very short time frame. We have a lot of things to get used to, not in a way where we shove it down your throat, but in a way where there's so much information that's accessible to you on every level, including technical information, competitive information, but also tooling in order to make sure you prepare your account in a way that you focus on the right accounts, you understand the demand, are people interacting with us, I don't know there's probably 20 different tools that you could spend your time with in the beginning and people are coming in and they're like this is so much and usually people give positive feedback about the way that the team interacts with one another and the way the team locally supports one another so we hire to strengths we try to identify what people's superpower is and what they're really good at and then we encourage for that to be shared between the team very much. And this is easily said and a lot harder to do in a virtual world or at least in one that's, that's mostly virtual still in the last few months. And I think we've done well in making sure that this knowledge that we've built in the last year, year and a half in region is transferred really quickly to the newbies. So for that, that means even more information in a short time frame. because when they come in in the beginning by now, they probably have 1920 other sales reps to go to, and other people in the different business units that have certain things and do them really well, and they're going to be pushed in a way to go and pull that information to um, to use it for their benefit. So the result of that is they're learning really quickly. The feedback is um, nine out of ten times, pay burned like in the last such and such weeks, I've learned a lot which is the core thing I care about. Like if I go anywhere, if I'm not learning, I'm probably in the wrong place. So this is, I'm really happy to hear that. And then it's a great bunch of people. I enjoy spending time with them. They're really helpful. They 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 help me develop and they help me learn stuff, which I think it's really about. And with that, the results come.
1: From the hires that perhaps didn't go so well, the people that maybe came in, that didn't work out what what did you kind of learn from those about what it takes to really thrive and survive in a high growth high demanding high excellence organization like late
2: yeah i think you have to really coming back to our earlier point qualify really really deeply mutually why somebody wants to do that. And really being honest to yourself, like trying to find it as a hiring manager, um, and get there, get deep and understand what drives people and why they are the way they are. Some some of that is, is potentially um, somewhere in their childhood or how they grew up and why are things the way they are? And why do they really want to do this role? And then just be very, very transparent about what it really is like. and it's probably, you're probably not gonna describe it exactly in the way that it is six or 12 months later, because you don't know. You haven't been through exactly the same thing and you're learning yourself. So you do your best job of describing how it is and how you think it'll be. And then I think one one thing that's important uh, is to make sure that you see the parallels between what people have been through in the past, what companies they've worked for, and at what stage did they do exactly what so by that, I mean, obviously, if you've worked for Cisco, SAP or IBM, it's it's different than working for Lacework. That's probably clear to everyone. But also, if you've worked into a subsidi- in a subsidiary that's been acquired by a bigger company and you were really in that subsidiary only, but you always had access to customers of that big company and you could basically use that to do pipeline generation, um, Or the speed would just be so different in terms of ownership. Here, I think you really need to get used to you own it. And that doesn't mean that there's a gun on you and you have to do it all yourself at all. But you own your territory as a CEO of your territory and everything that's relevant for that. And we're going to help you to do it. And and management should be very, very involved in that in a positive way, um, helping people to get to where they need to get to. But in the end, I think people are not used to that level of ownership and um, just to be really clear that doesn't necessarily come with a qbr setting where you feel like you're fully under the gun and you're going to be yelled at and this and that we we have a very transparent culture a very direct straight on the chin i like to make sure that people know where they stand both ways um, but it can be done in a way where people don't feel like they need to go to the bathroom afterwards. Um, and, and it can be in a positive way where people are, are developing, but there has to be friction. You don't learn if everything just flows. And if things don't work, you have to talk about them early so that we can try to turn it around jointly. And really, like I own it as much as, as a candidate owns it or anyone in the team. Like If something doesn't work, I, I, I mess up. Because it was my hire. And in the end, it's going to cost me big time if, if we make a decision that something doesn't work out. So again, like let's make sure both sides really do their homework and are very, very honest. I think those are the, the two core things. Honest to you, but also honest to themselves about what they really want and why they want something.
1: Amazing. I think this is a perfect place to kind of conclude what's been, a you know, an amazing session. Uh, but I just want to say a massive thank you to you, you know, really sharing your journey and your story. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for, for, uh, for taking us through that.
2: Thanks so much. It was really enjoyable to talk to you guys um, and look forward to uh, further interaction. Thank you. Great session
3: definitely and and again um burns obviously you know I've watched it from the very beginning you know we're, we're fortunate to work with you and you know you are building one of the most incredible teams you know you're on an amazing journey um you know as i said i'm really enjoying what you're creating and um yeah i think that from 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 the regions, you know, people better watch out, but huge amount to learn from you, Burn. So thanks ever so much for, for sharing that with us all. But again, to all of our listeners, we hope you really enjoyed this session. If you've liked what you've heard, please do like, share and subscribe. But a big thank you again to you, Burn, for joining us today. And we look forward to welcoming you back for another Mastery Session soon. Thank you.
0: Have you enjoyed the session today? Please help others discover our series by sharing and liking our content. Are you on the mission? Click subscribe so you don't miss out. The 2020 Mastery Mission, The Stories, are brought to you by SOAP, the global recruitment partner for the Playbook community. Check out somuchsoap.com for more information.